0: Did paramenopause, or menopause, catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, where we talk all things menopause. And today, I have with me Wendy McDowell. Wendy has supported thousands of employees to navigate conflict and relationships as a corporate manager in human res- uh, corporate human resources manager. Now, as the relationship nerd, she guides weary couples worn down by relentless battles, trapped in that painful place where being with their partner is more lonely than actually being alone, to reignite the flames of passion and infuse their lives with joy and excitement they thought they had lost forever. Welcome to the show, Wendy. I am so excited to be here, and we have a really interesting topic for you listening today because Wendy has agreed to come on and talk with me about empty nest syndrome and what happens to us as women and as couples, as we hit that place where the glue of our relationship, perhaps, has stepped away and gone on their own. Um, We're not talking about the ones that that can't seem to leave the nest, but the ones who do um, and leaving us alone in a relationship together that may have lost its spark, its joy, its fun, and and its raison d'etre. So welcome, Wendy. And um, it's a great, great time to have you here. So tell us a little bit about how this topic became important to you and, and the work you do?
1: Sure. So um, a lot of the couples I've worked with are kind of in that phase of life. I think for a lot of folks, that's where the panic button kind of gets hit because they don't have that buffer of the everyday busyness to kind of gloss over um, whatever communication struggles or you know, resentments that they're carrying. There's just not as much to fill that space. So they kind of perforce get uh face to face with each other and have to figure that out. And um so that's where a lot of folks come to me for coaching because they're struggling with that. And it's a lot harder than they thought it was gonna be.
0: So how do you how do you... first of all, let's define um empty nest syndrome and how is this uh you and i talked a little bit about it when we were planning the episode about how this has has sort of come and gone and and maybe coming back a little bit in in psychological parlance maybe and what it what it really feels like to be in it
1: yeah Um, so there definitely has been kind of some back and forth on this issue. It's not, uh, any kind of official diagnosis in any of the psychology guidebooks. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be, but they've removed it. So, um, it seems like, uh, there's some proponents of the idea that it's just all a bunch of bunk that it's just the rest of the world hasn't caught up because it actually got removed, uh, quite a while ago, but, um, Uh, it is a problem for a lot of folks. Um, So a lot of folks sail through it. They maybe take a couple months and they get readjusted and life is grand. Um, But there are some folks that hit that point and it just staggers them. And that's men and women both experience Mm -hmm. that, although it's more often women. Um, And there's a lot of factors for that. So some of the things that can kind of add in and make that harder for people is when they have other stresses, really um, tough financial situations, health issues. And of course, for all of us women in that age range that we're in, when our last child is leaving (laughs) for a mom, there is definitely some health challenge happening. Yeah.
0: Most of us are at some point along our menopause journey, many of us I know I was sort of in early paramenopause with my son um, and I only had one uh, and when he went off to college uh, being the independent human he is um, I, we really did um, come to a
1: uh,
0: crisis point in our relationship his father and myself and uh yeah there wasn't that buffer anymore of you got to deal with the kid um he was off in college and then off to his own life and uh really other than a couple of months in the summer he wasn't home anymore and it was very difficult for us to come to that point where um we realized that there wasn't anything
1: left between us mm. no that's hard yeah. yeah that this connection piece is huge and unfortunately because of the busyness of raising kids a lot of folks uh, forget to maintain that connection mm-hmm. um and in some cases people just really you know over 20 years you change a lot and yes. some people just genuinely like you know what, I do know who you are and I don't think I like you. That happens. That's, that's unfortunate, Um, but it's better to be able to recognize that and and, you know, address it. But for most folks, it's just a matter of they have just lost that connection. And so on top of whatever, you know, if you're really feeling a lot of sadness and distress and struggling with your child leaving... Um, and then you're also dealing with all of these hormonal things going on. And also now you're staring at, across the table at somebody who you don't even know who they are. And then the big whammy, I don't even know who I am. That's yes. a lot. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot to deal with all at once. And uh, as
0: I found out, low libido can be a symptom, not only of menopause, but of a, also of a bad relationship, of a relationship especially for women. Um, mm-hmm. Men don't, as far as I can tell, men don't seem to have the same <clears throat> reaction to um, a bad relationship. Sex seems to be something that they can pretty much. You'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. <laughs> Not the men I've known. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Not the men I've been in relationships, but for women, we, we, make love with our minds as much as we do minds and hearts as much as we do with our bodies and therefore when this relationship is stressful our libidos tend to tank um there can be physical factors with that as well especially and i'm going to say women my age probably had children that were a little bit older when we hit early Mm -hmm. perimenopause but now as women are older when they're having their children they're going to be older as they go through this whole empty nest thing and physically sex becomes a problem because of dryness and vaginal vaginal dryness vaginal atrophy and then you add in low libido to that and a glue that may have, another glue that may have been holding the relationship together kind of disappears. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, for sure. Um, One of the ways that um, I work with people to kind of address that is keeping in mind that getting physical isn't all about sex. Um, Your skin is your largest organ and human beings are wired for touch. We need it. We crave it. Um, you know, there's been so many studies about this and, Mm -hmm. you know, babies that aren't held and cuddled will literally die. Um, so touch just throughout the day, gentle skin to skin, any kind of touching, just a little hug, little kiss throughout the day, or, you know, as often as you can manage it will go a long way towards maintaining that connection or even elevating it. And then, then you're at least in a frame of mind where now dealing with the other challenges, the dryness and all of that stuff is more appealing because you're actually feeling more connected. So it's like, Oh yeah, it's worth the hassle of dealing with this stuff. That's makes it not quite as easy to be spontaneous. And there are, there are medical ways to deal with that.
0: Um, This is one area where I think that hormone therapy, uh, top local hormone therapy is a really good idea for many women who are going through issues with uh, feeling that dryness and feeling that tightness in the vaginal area there's also something called Mona Lisa touch it is a it, it is available through some gynecologists in some areas which is actually a laser treatment just talking about the the sheer physical side of this because that's something that's not under the control of the relationship although it can get in the way of the relationship Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's what i was just
0: thinking if the guy thinks that this is something it's much like um ed in that if the woman feels rejected by his dysfunction or the man feels rejected by her dysfunction there's a psychological emotional part of that as well Mm -hmm. so one of the things that i talk about in my book where's my wife and what have you done with her which is my book for men (laughs) explaining what's going on because they don't get it um the whole relationship especially once kids are out of the out of the house and it's just the two of you again that whole relationship needs to be rebuilt and renegotiated and
1: re-romanced really yeah absolutely yep yeah and and the thing is too with the physiological stuff it just makes sense to take care of that Mm -hmm. um because then that's just one less thing that's in the way one less thing you're stressing about and worrying about and you can focus on the things that you do need to do, to repair whatever else is going on. So, you know, getting into that rediscovery and, you know, finding out, getting curious, finding out who, who is this person? Who am I? What do I like to do now? Cause that changes like the things I like to do now, vastly different than the things I like to do when I was 25. Okay. <laughs> um, I think they're higher value things now, you know, but debate. <laughs> <laughs> I probably to a 25 year old, they'd be like, but um yeah and so this empty nest period can actually be um a really joyous period of rediscovery if Mm -hmm. you can get around the physiological stuff and you've got that handled and you really approach it that way um you can find new hobbies you can explore things like travel you know go on adventures with your partner find out what they like to do go check it out maybe you like to do it too Maybe you don't. You can find things that you both like to do separately and together. I mean, the the resources that you have at that time are so much greater because you have more time. You have less distraction. You have, you know, often um, a better financial situation. You know, kids are expensive. (laughs) Love them, but they're expensive. (laughs) Um, and, And you can even go deeper and really have some really heartfelt conversations and Reconnect to your values that maybe you haven't really been living in because you had so many has-to-dos yeah. instead of living in your what really matters to me and what's important to me.
0: I know that my hus- my current husband and I spent last summer traveling much of the American up- upper Midwest and interior Upper West. I'm not sure how to, how to explain to Wyoming, Montana, and and some of the national parks there. And it was an incredible adventure, and it was an incredible time for us to connect together. Again, of course, he is a postmenopausal husband to me, so he's. I I didn't do that massive shift on him. I've been who I am ever since I've known him, but. It's that exactly what you said, this ability to take these adventures and be out in the world in, in a way that we don't necessarily come come through those first 20, 25 years of adulthood. That's what I I talk about a lot is this retreating estrogen allows women to focus on who they are and not just who they are in relationships and we get to put ourselves in the middle of our lives as i've said many many times on this podcast and other and others but it's this ability to focus on ourselves that both causes the problem because all of a sudden we're not the same person we were but it opens us up to huge new relationship possibilities and new um, personal possibilities
1: yeah and it is it's it's the challenge is you know not you know working through that my identity is tied up in being a mom Um, because that is a big part of if you're a mom you're a mom like that's that's important and that is a big part of your identity but it's not all of you and and it it can be a lot of fun to reconnect to the rest of you, especially if you haven't been for a while. But it's also really scary um, because when something has been so central to your life, not having that, you know, we, as human beings, change is scary, change is hard. So even if it's a good thing, like, wow, uh, uh, the way uh, Margaret Mead, an anthropologist, described it is pmz postmenopausal zest you know like i can really go out and do what i want with my life that's so cool who knew but it's also really scary because holy crap i got to figure out what i want to do with my life <laughs> and that's scary
0: <laughs> that is that is so true it's it's like yeah this is really great uh, yeah this is really scary and how can we get to we get this amazing gift of being who we are but it comes and especially in in you know modern American life it comes with with some usually some major symptoms and some uh, health challenges so we're also dealing with these major shifts in the way our body feels and some of that's not really comfortable. The insomnia, the hot flashes, the itchy skin, all of the aging, the the gray hair, which some people embrace and some people don't. And brace with
1: embrace
0: with the little, uh, uh, with the teal in mine, uh, which has been, you know, sort of a fun thing that I do. But we come into this with the opportunities, but we also have to for the first time, perhaps really take care of ourselves as, as moms. Um, what I, what I see a lot, and and it's not true for everybody, but what I see a lot from the outside is that we're eating a bad, often eating a bad diet because we're on the road. You know, we're, we go to our jobs and then we're on the road with kids going from soccer practice to dance to piano lessons to whatever whatever they're doing and we're grabbing food where we can and we're maybe not eating well and so then we go to the gym to beat our bodies into shape so that we feel reasonable when we look in the mirror and then we get to this point in our in our lives where things are not there's not as much room for error if i can put it that way in that you can't you can't just continue to eat badly and exercise yourself back into shape and stress yourself out and run on minimal everything and expect to to feel good because we have less our our parameters or some I'm having trouble getting the the thought out here, which happens by the way, <laughs> happens yeah. more often also a little... <laughs> also a guest of yeah yeah, <laughs> it is it is, but it, it in a way it there's a whole thing we could talk about that, but our parameters narrow, so we're not we can't feel good in as in as wide a range of not. Caring for ourselves, yep,
1: so we need we need to deal with those health challenges and it and it's hard because as a parent, um, and this is men and women both, but I think women probably typically take it to a further extreme. We are so used to putting ourselves last because mm. there's so much else to do, and so it's a hard habit to break. you know you have the time now, you have. You know the space you have, the money you put. You know, make over one of the kids' bedrooms into a gym. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. But the habit of oh no 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 that's that's not how I should be spending my time is so deep. And that's something I work with um, women especially a lot. Is like no really, self care is important. It's important. You deserve it but it's also important to your relationship because if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're letting yourself eat poorly, get exhausted, get run down, you're going to be irritable. You're not going to have the coping skills to deal with conflict when it arises. You're going to be more reactive, all of which, you know, fairly obviously not so great for relationships. Um, But for me personally, I also just really want to drive home to women that you deserve that you you've yeah. worked your butt off and you deserve to give yourself a break like it's it's tough out there in the world we we work yeah. hard one of the th-
0: one of the phrases i use is positively selfish and um mm. uh, sort of comes from my mom who was um judgmental let's say <laughs> And she would, she would, if I, I took time for myself or whatever, she would say, "You are positively selfish," in that judgmental tone. Yes, even when I was an adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I yeah, long stories about that, but let's let's leave that for another time. Uh, but I when i started work in this area i started thinking about that phrase positively selfish as being different as being it is a positive for us to be selfish at this time to to put ourselves in the center of our lives to take care of ourselves with the same care that we would take care of a small child or a husband or a job, or a community responsibility that we had taken on, but to give ourselves that same sense of care and um,
1: love. Yeah. Yeah, really. And it's so foreign um, to a lot of women. Um, And it's sad, really, because the truth is, even if you are someone who is um, very um relationally oriented and relationships are super important to you um you can't give from an empty cup absolutely so you know honestly taking care of yourself is taking care of your relationships whether it's with your kids because you know you're navigating a whole new relationship it's literally like if you were meeting them for the first time In a lot of ways dealing with your adult kids because that's a very different relationship dynamic and they've grown and they've changed and the dynamic has changed hugely that's a huge shift so you're starting from ground zero in in a lot of ways um and and that takes a lot of energy and a lot of um being in touch with yourself and and where you're at in the process so that you're not you know spilling that over onto them so that you can really be open to get to know this really amazing human that you helped create. Um,
0: and so they can get to so know hard. this really amazing human being that they have just defined as mom for yep. so long. Yep. Um, I remember when my son um, was out of school and he was living on his own with his girlfriend for the first first time and I went to visit him and we had lunch together and we had an adult conversation we'd had some of those conversations when he was in college but this was really a a different conversation totally and it's become fascinating that he is one of my closest friends even though He lives 1,800 miles away and is busy raising his own two small children. But giving yourself that opportunity to get to know your adult children as humans, as friends, as um, people that you actually like to spend time with and don't feel like
1: you have to be in charge of. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing yeah (laughs) yeah I I call that when I with my kids it's like oh I get to get out of the mom box this is so much fun um (laughs) you know I'm always going to be their mom like if they need a mom yeah I got you got it got it covered they don't need that very often they need just another human that gets them and I can do that and it's so much fun I I love it that's honestly one of the um, unforeseen benefits of being a parent. I'm like, oh, wow, I get to know these people as people, not just as my kids. So, so cool. <laughs> it really
0: is. So Wendy, how can someone get in touch with you if they need your help? If they've, they've got a relationship that they need to navigate at this time of their lives, how can they get in
1: touch with you? Um, there's a number of ways. I do have a website. It's the relationshipnerd.com. Um, I'm is also on Facebook. The
0: relationship
1: nerd. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Therelationshipnerd.com. Okay. Uh, all run together, no spaces or anything. And um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, there, I do have a business page um, for the relationship nerd. It's a uh, TRN coaching is the short version of it. Um, but also my personal page, Wendy McDowell, there's links all over that uh to set up appointments or right. consultations. And um also on Instagram, I'm the relationship nerd there also. Okay, and all of those links will
0: be in the show notes. And if you're interested in my book for women, I just wanna be me again or my book that you can read and then give to your husband to kind of explain what's going on. Where's my wife and what have you done with her? Those are available on menopausebooks.com. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Wendy, for being here and exploring this particular topic. It's a topic that's um, that any of us with children hopefully will eventually come to. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been
1: great.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, five tips to get better sleep tonight. You can get it at MenopauseMattersPodcast.com and let me know which of these tips works best for you.